So, yeah, it, the source is supposed to wash on Rosh Chodesh. I don't know the source. I know one source. It says that Shaul HaMelech will always make, King Shaul will always make a party on Rosh Chodesh. And it says in the Haftorah that um, Shaul would wonder how come David didn't show up to the party. The words of Shaul were, Lama loba ben Yishai el Why wouldn't Ben Yishai? Why wouldn't David, who is the son of Yishai, why wouldn't he come to the to the party where the bread is? So I'm thinking about this tonight. We're waiting for Mashiach, and we're having a fabring in the Harvest Chodesh year. Lama loba ben Yishai el Let Ben Yishai, let Mashiach come el to to be with us. We're here. We're waiting for him. Lama loba ben Yishai el when a Jew has uh, and enjoys that brings me and faster. So actually we're coming now from Pesach when we had on the last day of Pesach the meal of Mashiach and it says that the uh, spark of Mashiach and every Jew shines the brightest on the last day of Pesach and now after Pesach we have to take that energy we have to find that spark of Mashiach. So tonight, Mitzvah Hashem, we're going to know after you finish this class how to find the spark of Mashiach, but it's in the most unlikely of places. But before we begin, let's dedicate our shiur to Rav Shmuel's aunt who just passed away. Her name is Esther Bat Shlomo. May the Shama enter Gan Eden. the better for all family, for all good, and part of Mamish be united with us. So people think, people hear the word tzarat, tzarat, people think it's it's a disease the Torah talks about, and people think it's a regular kind of physical disease. But it really wasn't a regular kind of physical disease. People think it was, just they weren't sophisticated in those days to detect what kind of diseases they were, and therefore people, therefore they, they we call them a, a, a miraculous disease, but it wasn't really a miraculous disease. People think it was a regular disease, just they weren't sophisticated enough to know what it was. But it's a big mistake. And you can see in the Torah, in three examples, and there are more, I'll just share three of them, I could see that Tzerat was not a regular disease. Number one, Tzerat was this, something that happened to a person because they were stingy, they were arrogant, they spoke what they shouldn't speak about, and uh, the Torah says if you have tzarat, a little bit of on your skin, a little coloring on your skin, then that means you have the disease. What if your whole body is completely colored in this disease and, and there's not one sp- spot of, where not, not, this is not, then you're completely pure. So if it was a, a contagious disease, it wouldn't make any sense. If, if you get completely, you know, overwhelmed with disease until there's not any regular skin color, how does it make sense? Another example. It makes sense. If a, uh, it, make, it makes sense because it's not doesn't make sense because it's not a regular disease. It's not a regular contagious disease. If it was a contagious disease, Torah says so that three times a year. says when a person has a little leprosy on the skin, it's a warning. Uh-huh. So you, you need to work on yourself. When you're not taking care of it, paso arega is going to continue to grow because your arrogance keeps growing. Uh-huh. And it's going to spread all over your body. And you will spread and spread till all your body will be covered. Till you'll have no room anymore to put any leprosy. So this way, your body has 
got rid of, of the gava. That's it. Therefore, you tell her. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Is that really called leprosy? The Malam yeah. was a beautiful Malam. Tell me what that of Why? I don't want to intervene with the Rebbe. Tell me. Okay. Well, that's the Malam. He says that the Chetzi of Lavan, that sometimes Yid, uh, Taka, will do some bad in the world. That's, that's our, so to speak, our sin. So Hashem puts his own piece of, you know, reprimand that he, he puts that, so to speak, the, what we refer to simply put as punishment. But when the two things come together, it's not for a bad, it's not for a negative cause, but because the two things together, we should view it, Kulo Afaklavan, our little bit of this, and the reprimand, Tao, that, that completes us. That. Wow, that's very interesting. If you have a chance, please send me my own. If you have a chance. Very interesting. So, the... Um, there is... Um, another way we see this is not a regular disease is that in order for the disease to be considered a disease, the Kohen had to announce that the person got the disease. And when the Kohen announced it, it wasn't just that he publicized that he got the disease, but his announcement actually conferred the disease upon the person. He was not considered... To, he didn't have the disease. He was not impure until the Kohen said he's impure. For example... Torah says that when a someone gets married, the Kohen is told, don't come now, come later. We're going to give him a week to enjoy his wedding and the week after his wedding. And then we'll just figure out if he has this disease or not. If it was a real contagious disease, so what are you talking about? You don't want him to become a super spreader. He, became, he is a chatan with his disease. He's going to make everyone contagious. He's going to get everyone sick. Obviously, it wasn't a regular disease. More, Torah says that during the three times the Jewish people would go three times a year to Shalayim to celebrate in the base of Migdash. At that time, we tell the coin, don't determine that he has this disease. We don't want to determine that he has this disease. Give him some time. Let him go with the Jewish people to celebrate the holiday. So you, so you see, it's not, it's, yeah, you see, it's not a regular kind of disease. It's not, a, it's not a contagious thing. Rather, it was a miraculous thing. It happened then. And it doesn't happen now physically, but it happens now spiritually. And it, it seems like everyone has something of this kind of thing and to some way or another. Surat, when a person got this disease, the Torah says he has to go outside the camp. He can't be inside the camp. He has to be ostracized. He has to separate from everyone. So sometimes you feel, because something you've done, you don't belong in the social arena that you're in. Because of some mistake you've made, you feel you don't belong. And it may be something that you're you're hiding that you've done. You don't want to tell anyone that you've done. And because you don't want to tell anybody, you don't even realize, but it's taking a lot of energy out of you. You're, you're expending a lot of energy in hiding it from other people because you feel shame. You feel this inner shame. If people would just know that I did this thing, you, they, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't look at you the same way. And therefore, you feel this, you feel so, it, it sucks all the energy out of you because of this shame. If people would only know that you did this thing. And sometimes people hide things from their friends. Sometimes you hide even from your spouse. They can't know that you do this thing. And, and it could even be that not that you did anything, but that you look at yourself in the mirror and you classify yourself a certain way. And because of the way you understand yourself, you are, um, you're not happy with yourself. You're not happy. And because you're not happy, so you feel this, this inner shame, you feel this embarrassment, and it prevents you from being able to create anything, being able to, to do something that's, that, to, to give to the world, that we're able to give to the world because of this, of this shame. And the question is, 
The shame of having the disease. Right. That's, wow. what, that's what Rashi says. That's it, and, and, and the kapara is the, the shame. Very and good. the korban is only brought so he, uh, he can be touching afterwards. Very interesting. Very insignificant very what, what I wanted to say, which is that the truth is that the disease itself is not a sign of illness. The disease is a sign of health. I'll give an example. person has some pus. On his some, some pus on the point of the body. Where does pus come from? Pus comes from the body's expelling something that doesn't belong in the body. Because your immune system is strong, therefore, when there's something poisonous in your body, your body expels it. When does the body expel things? When the body is healthy. Therefore, something which is not doesn't belong in the body, the body expels it. But if the whole body is not healthy, if the if the poison spread throughout the body, then the body doesn't expel it. It's part. It becomes part of the body. So the fact that your body is expelling something that means that there is there's a strong sign of health. None of us have any uh, Pinocchio-like experiences with Saras, right? You may have said something you shouldn't have said. It's happened in your life. You said it, but you didn't all of a sudden you didn't get Saras. So why didn't you get Saras? So b- because the Torah says something amazing about the person who gets Saras. There are four titles for a human being. The four titles are Enish, Adam, Ish, Gever. What's, these titles are different levels of human beings. They're the Superman, the best of all of them is Adam. Who is the one the Torah says is described as having this disease? The best one. The best one is the one who has this disease. Why does the best one have the disease? You think if you have this disease, it means you have a problem. The Altar Rebbe says it's the opposite. Because the person is so spiritually healthy, that's why his body can't tolerate something which isn't good, and therefore it comes on his skin. And even when it comes on his skin, the Altar Rebbe says he has a nega. The word nega also means to touch. It's someone who just touches him. It's not him. After the uh, Six Day War, there was a group of soldiers that came to the Kotal Maravi, the Western Wall, and they were all so overwhelmed with, with, with so many feelings that they just poured out their heart and crying. One of the soldiers, who was from Shomer Atzeir, very leftist, anti religious kibbutz, he was also crying. And other soldiers were very surprised to see him cry because he was very disdainful. But anything that had any, any hint of religion, he was the first one to criticize and make fun of it. And here's this guy is crying like a baby. So they asked him, why are you crying? And he said, I'm crying because I'm not crying. I'm crying because I'm not crying. I see how all of you feel a connection to the Western wall. You feel connection to the Torah, a connection to Hashem. And I don't feel what you guys feel. And it bothers me. How come I don't feel what you feel? So the fact that a person notices something in themselves, which isn't the way it's supposed to be, and you're bothered by it, that itself tells you how healthy you are. The fact that you that you can't accept and take this lightly, and you have to you have to, you have to address it, and it bothers you. That itself tells you how that you, that you're okay, that you're good, and that's why it bothers you. And there's something there inside of you which doesn't fit because it shows your health. The author says even more. The author says even more. It's not just that this kind of thing happens to a person who's okay. The author says even more. The disease itself, really, what is this disease? This disease is the most loftiest lights of Hashem. The disease, how can the disease be the loftiest lights of Hashem? The loftiest lights of godliness is what becomes a disease. Rabbi Levi Yitzchak, Rebbe's father, um, the famous Kabbalist, said that the word for Metzorah, HaMetzorah, 
is equal to 413. 413 is of Yehuda, the world of, he knows, he's being humble. 413 is Tohu, the world of Tohu. The world of Tohu is the world which has incredible infinite lights. The Mitzorah, which is seemingly such a bad thing, yet it means these great infinite lights of Hashem. Why? What, what happens is, it's like if there's a strong sunlight. You can't look at the sun because the sun's light is too bright. Well, let's say you take a, 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 um, a samovar, a, a water heater from America, and you bring it with you to Europe, and you try to plug it in, so the 110 watts of America won't work in the 210 watt plugs in Europe. It's going gonna, it's gonna to short circuit your... Uh, no, hot power. Huh? Hot power. Yeah, you're going to have cold water. You're not going to have to heat anything. You're going to have a hot, hot machine, but no, no water. So uh, I'll never forget. Okay, whatever. I'll have to go my stories. But, but um, so the same is also because these lights are so great. Huh? It's not really relevant. Just basically... I didn't understand the the way to make popcorn in when I was in, in the shliach of the Rebbe in, in Leeds' house, and hopefully he forgave me since then. And there was smoke and fire in the whole kitchen and the living room and dining room. Whatever in America works different. Anyway, so the point is when there is when there is lofty, and the popcorn's still okay by the way. Anyways, don't talk. Anyway, so the, when there's lofty lights of Hashem, you don't know how to process them. That something negative could happen. I'll give you an example. There was a boy who was very antisocial. He was very, he didn't get along with anybody. He was into himself, and his parents took him to many therapists, psychologists, and they couldn't figure out what was going on with him, but they figured, like this, this some, some people, unfortunately, they are emotionally retarded, and he has no sensitivity to other people, and that's where he can't connect anybody. That's what the, the, that's what the therapists were saying. But the parents so, found the video in their house, and the kid was four or five years old, and they remembered how it wasn't true. This kid was, a, not only is he social, this kid would go over to another child at that age, he would hug them and he would kiss them and you want to give them something, you want to give them presents. And another kid got yelled at, he couldn't sleep at night. He was so in touch with other people that when another person was, was hurt, he was hurt. Another person got yelled at by the teacher, he couldn't sleep at night. He was not just, not only was he not emotionally retarded, he was super emotionally intelligent. What happened was this, it was the opposite. He tried to hug other kids and kiss other kids, and he and they didn't re, didn't they didn't respond to him. They didn't accept him. And, he, and what happened was he got pain because at some point or another he realized that he's not able to share his his good feelings with others. He's not able to to, to connect with them. And what happens when he's when you're a child? You don't know how to process the pain. You don't know what to do with it. You know what happens is is you you want to disconnect yourself from your feelings, and that's what happened to him. That's why. He stopped talking to everybody because because he just he, he was in such pain that he didn't know how to how to deal with it. So when we have a one second, when you have a very strong strong uh, uh, light of Hashem, you don't know how to process it. So that's so what happens is is that you it, it, it could lead to the, it could lead to the opposite. So what's a, the, the point is in ourselves that when we see in ourselves that we have an attraction to something which isn't good. We have thoughts which aren't good. We have, we have thoughts, we have, we have things in ourselves which aren't the way we want them to be. I was talking to a young man this week who has a very strong addiction to something. And the truth is that where is Mashiach in yourself? Believe it or not, Mashiach is in those issues. How, how do I know this? It says Mashiach is called Matzorah. And it says in the, the first verse of the second Torah portion this week, this is a teaching, of the, this is a Torah of the Matzorah on the day that he becomes pure. 
The Hebrew word for day, or like the English word for day, it means light. What's the purification of the tzaras? It's by knowing the light, by revealing the light of what the issue is. In other words, why you have to stop and ask yourself, why is the perfect God giving me this imperfection? Why do I have this challenge that other people don't have? What does Hashem want to give me with this? So you don't want to have that. But Hashem wants, unfortunately, Hashem gives, gives me something I don't want to have. What does He want to give me with that thing? What He wants to give me is, is giving me opportunity to reveal something deeper in myself that I wouldn't have had or would never think of getting, or going to and never live so deeply. I'd never get in touch with that part of myself had I not had that challenge. So it's precisely because of the thing that I don't want, it's, that I can't stand, that's where my, the greatest lights are. That's where the Mashiach, spark of Mashiach in myself is, is in, is in the darkness. Hashem doesn't send feeble soldiers to fight big wars. If Hashem sent us in a, to a big war, if you find yourself, you have something, a big fight, a big struggle in yourself, that means that you, that's where your light is. You have to have just have the courage to, 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 to realize, to ask the question, why is Hashem giving this to me? And what is it for? And when you ask that question, it gives you the courage to say, this, here is where Hashem is giving me the, the great light. Here is where Hashem is giving me the, great, the, the chance to get in touch with the spark of Mashiach myself. And that thing that I don't want that's bothering me, that's what is giving me the chance to discover that deeper part of myself that I would never want to know. It says in the Torah, what, and by the story of the splitting of the Red Sea, the way you saw the Egyptians, I heard this teaching several times this week, it must be it's a message for me, I have to pay attention to it, I heard it several times, same teaching. The way you've seen the Egyptians today, says the Torah, when we're standing by the Red Sea, Moshe Rabbeinu tells us, you saw the Egyptians today, the way you saw them today, you'll never see them again. What a clumsy way of saying it. Just say you'll never see them again. You'll never see the Egyptians. I remember my, my kids were always scared of Pare. I don't know what happened. They were, I don't know how I presented it the wrong way, but they were scared of, of King Pare. Mashiach will come. Will, will, everyone's going to come back alive again. I'm talking about the coming Mashiach. Will Paro come back alive again? What about... Like, so, 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 so the Torah says, the way you saw the Egyptians today, you will never again see the Egyptians. Why is this phrase that way? The Egyptians doesn't just mean, I mean the Egyptians. It means our own insecurities our own limitations, our own toxicity. The Torah says when you look at it, when you look at your Egyptians, when you look at the things in your life which are not the way they're supposed to be, by you paying attention, be open enough to say, this is something that's, that's happening, that's there, I'm going to address it, I'm going to look at it head on. When you look at it, then you don't have to see it again. You don't have to see it again. Then, then you, you've, you've discovered the point of what it's for. You've discovered the inner energy that someone wants to release in you in order to, to, to overcome that challenge. Whenever you find a shadow... What does that mean? It means there's a light. When there's a bigger shadow, it means there's a bigger light. So if there is something in your life which is a shadow, which is dark, where is it coming from? Because there's a much greater light that's hiding over there. You have to have the courage to say, no, I'm going to find that. People ask, how come this person wasn't affected and didn't do teshuva? You know why? Because he didn't ask the question. You have to ask the question, what does Hashem give me? What does Hashem want to tell me with this? If you see in yourself this attraction, it's a clear sign from Hashem. Hashem wants to give you something. There was a, there is Angazunt Avimalul from France. Uh, he shared this story. I shared it last year. I may remember the story about a group of guys who came to New York to see the Rebbe. And one of them had this uh, interesting um, personality quirk. Among other things, he thought he was Mashiach. And he doesn't think he was Mashiach. He knew he was Mashiach because he had a notebook about all the different people that he met that, 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 uh, that testified he was Mashiach. He met Moshe Rabbeinu and Al-Yohan Navi 
And Achiyashilani, and they all told me he was Mashiach, so you know for sure he was Mashiach. And he told everybody, I'm going to see the Rebbe. And the Rebbe is going to agree, of course, that I'm Mashiach, like he knows. So Rabbi Groner, Allah Shalom, he knew that as his position as the Rebbe's secretary, that sometimes he has to be very politely, move people out of the room, it shouldn't bother the Rebbe. And he could tell, you know, he's been at the door for a while, he met a lot of people. This guy may do something funny. But he told Rabbi Malul, I don't speak French, I know there once. I'm going to go in with you. You tell me if I need to politely move him out. Okay, they go into the Rebbe's room. The guy comes to the Rebbe with his notebook. Hi! You know, I'm a Shiach. Here's the notebook. I met, you know, uh, Elion Abi, Madison Square Garden, 1977. And then I had this dream. And, 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 and the Rebbe said, what would, what would you do, by the way, if that, if that happened? You met someone told, told you that I'm a Shiach. You know, you, I don't know, some, some of us might say, this is a great doctor I want you to talk to. Some of us might say, yeah, sure, you're Mashiach, great, good for you. Some of us just ignore him. You know what the Rebbe does? The Rebbe says to him very seriously, the Rebbe says to him, do you put on tefillin? He yeah. says, no, I don't put on tefillin. The Rebbe said, it's very important to put on tefillin, but Mashiach is the one who's going to bring all of the Torah mitzvah to be fulfilled. And so it's very important that Mashiach puts on tefillin, because he's the one who's bringing, the tefillin is back to all the mitzvot, Mashiach has to bring back all the mitzvot. Mm-hmm. Then the Rebbe asked him, do you keep kosher? No, I don't keep kosher. Zebra so said, it's very important Mashiach keeps kosher because when you keep kosher, it makes your blood to be pure. And Mashiach is going to bring purity to the whole world. And I've asked him, oh, I'm sorry, I, I skipped. He said, of course I'll keep putting on film. For sure, no question about it. I'm going to put on film every day. Okay. And then I've told him about kosher. I'll keep kosher no matter what. I'm going to keep kosher. And what about Shabbat? you keep Shabbat? I don't keep Shabbat. He said, it's very important. Mashiach is going to make the whole world like Shabbat every day. It's very important Mashiach keeps Shabbos because he's the one who's going to make the whole world like Shabbat. From now on, I'm going to keep Shabbos. Every Shabbos, I'll never Shabbos said, that's very good. And um, I want you to come back in a few months and we'll discuss together what more you could do so you'll really be Mashiach. <laughs> the guy, you're laughing, right? It sounds like the Rebbe's playing around with him. Rebbe's manipulating his... his, his no, it's, it's, it's the opposite. The Rebbe sees... The guy came out, Taka, he came out of the room, and he, you know, he felt like a million bucks, look at me, and he, you're making fun of me. The Obavitcher Rebbe said that I'm a Shiach. That's how he walked out of the room. <laughs> but, but really what's going on is, is the Rebbe sees in a person, Tzaras, he sees in this person, this, this issue, instead of ignoring it, instead of trying to help him, the Rebbe says, let's take this Tzaras, let's take the darkness, let's transform the darkness itself to light. This is something, this is something here, which, 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 which has, has energy, which is supposed to be Supposed to be transformed. That's 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 what, and how, but there is truth. There is there is there is the There is truth of truth. So how can the Rebbe say something which doesn't seem to be true? Is he Mashiach? And the answer is very simple. What do we start off with? There's a spark of Mashiach in every Jew. And how do you access a spark of Mashiach in every Jew? You access a spark of Mashiach in yourself by addressing that thing in yourself, which isn't the way it's meant to be. There's another story I heard. I'll leave you guys as a story. Very strange story. This is where I heard the story. Yankel and Shmerel live next to each other. Yankel and Shmerel live in Yerushalayim, and they don't get along. Yankel is a very bad neighbor to Shmerel. When Shmerel's son getting, gets engaged, Yankel ruins the Shidduch. When uh, Shmerel's daughter gets engaged, Yankel ruins the Shidduch. But Hashem helped that both Shmerel's son and daughter got engaged again, and he wasn't able to ruin the Shidduch. But poor Shmerel, Shmerel was a la Yutzlach. Shmerel never had any success. You know, you say unemployed in Los Angeles. 
In Los Angeles, you say an employee, you say I'm in real estate. You say I'm an actor, I'm a producer, I'd say I'm an employee. So he, he was in his real estate, but it wasn't really. Uh... Anyways, he comes, he comes to, uh, he has, he has, uh, he, he's, he has a list of people he wants to visit. He's gonna go, he's gonna go to to, uh, to Switzerland to meet, meet all these wealthy people. And he goes to Switzerland and he wants to meet some very wealthy guy. He goes to this hotel and uh, and he, he he notices in the hotel is this wallet, like a, like a sack of cash in, in this wallet. Like, oh, what a great idea. And he thinks of a halacha. There's no rabbi to ask if he could take it, if he can't take it. We'll figure that out later. Right now, because there are certain situations where, where legally you're not allowed to take the money, but halacha says you could take it. And it's not so simple. And he decided this must be for him, right? So he puts his money into the wallet. Well, ask a rabbi, you'll figure it out later. Anyways, he takes the money, puts it in his pocket. I'm not saying this is what he should do. I don't think this is what he should do. But that's what he did. He goes out of the hotel, and there's police outside the hotel. They're trying to find find out what happened to this wallet. And uh, he, he, he they say, sir, did you notice? Um, oh, um, look, can we see? Can we, they search him, and they take the wallet. And because he put his money in the wallet, it wasn't the same amount. But they still were suspicious. So they started asking him questions. Where are you from? What do you do? I'm in real estate. Oh, in real estate. So, so yeah, I'm in real estate. Um, you do, you're doing well. I'm doing well. Where are you from? Where, where exactly are you from? He tells them the street. He tells them the address. So let's, let's call They're researching, right? They're detectives. They call up his neighbor. They call up Yankel. Yankel! Yankel knew that Shmerel went to go collect money for his wedding. So, so, so they, they, do you know this guy, um, Shmerel? Um, was he, is he a wealthy person? The uncle's thinking to himself, if, if I say, huh, he's trying to collect money. He's, he pretends that he's poor. He pretends he needs help. <laughs> this guy is the richest guy in town. He's, he's trying to fake everybody. So the police, uh, of course, let him off. Anyway, that's the story. The point of the story isn't the story is true or not true. The point of the story is that in the places where we think there are our biggest weaknesses, that is where the spark of Mashiach is. When we, and we have to realize that Hashem wants to bring Mashiach through each of us, and each of us plays a part in this big puzzle we're creating, the coming Mashiach, and what we created is specifically by looking at the challenge Hashem has sent us as a, Hashem is pitching to us something. We can hit it out of the park. If we, if we just focus on that, that thing Hashem is sending us is meant to bring out something inside of us. Machayim, should get there. Come on, Machayim